I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Will you do it? Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Hallelujah. Well, listen to this. It says this. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. God's telling us that he wants us to walk in faith. How many of you understand this is a scripture that's defining for us that God wants us to walk by faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. Just shout that out under your mask. Say, I walk by faith and not by sight. It's hard to understand what you said, but praise God. I walk by faith and not by sight. And so God wants us to walk this way. Real life is established in the fact that we walk by faith and we walk not by sight. It's the way that we live. It's what God wants us to live in. His revelation comes by the, the, in, in the subject matter of faith. Faith encompasses all that we need to know about God. In other words, how to receive. It's the currency that we use to receive from God. And he says here, walk in him. Root it. And built up in him. And established in the faith. As you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. This is a scripture that's talking to believers. He wrote this to the believers at that time, and he's telling them what you've heard about faith, what you've heard about believing, what you've seen in Jesus and how he acted, what you've observed in us as disciples, walk in this. Don't get, don't get uh, off the route. Don't get off the path. Stay committed to it. He says, as, as having been taught, abound in it with thanksgiving to abound. You know, in spite of everything that we've faced and everything that's gone on related to this disease and all these things, Amy and I have had to walk by faith and not by sight. How many of you can say that? I walk by faith and not by sight. As we, as we go through life, we walk by faith and not by sight. And we don't walk by what we see. God doesn't want us to live in, in the subjective world of our senses. That all we have is a knowledge of belief is what we sense by our touch, our sight, by what we hear, our five senses. He wants us to live, in other words, by faith, which is the currency of heaven, to live in heaven on earth. He said that he would give us here on earth that which is in heaven. That he wants us to have these things here. And so, I, I, and, and certainly it's, it fits within the realms of what, what we live in and the world that we live in. But we can believe into higher places and into deeper things. No matter what the situation is. No matter what the challenge is that comes against you. Believers, you've been taught in the faith. People that are watching me out there today. You've been taught in the faith. I see people that, that maybe they've gone off the path. They've gone off the, the grounds that we were brought up in or how we were taught. And they get disconnected from a word that made a difference in their life. As I think through my life, every day that we've lived, we've walked it out. We've just walked out. Walked out faith and walked out things that we've done by faith. And as we walk those things out, we've seen victories. He's saying here, don't leave the victory. Don't leave victory. Don't leave the thing that brings victory to your life. Don't go off into something else. We're, we're, you know, essentially humans are, we get bored. 
We get bored with what we hear and it becomes stagnant to us, not realizing that it's the food that we eat. And if we judged all of the food in the natural, the same way we judge our spiritual food, I wonder what the diet would really be like. I mean, would we get tired of milk? Would we get tired of steak? Would we get tired of French fries? I don't know about nobody else, but McDonald's French fries part of my life. I'm not tired of those. Somebody ought to shout out amen right there. Say, I got to have me some fries. Amen. I mean, there's just things, you know, I've got to eat Don Jose. Amen. Give me a taco. I'm, I'm in heaven with a taco. And so God, I mean, I, I don't get bored with that. I continue to eat those things. I'm 53 years old as of, when did I turn 53? Thursday? Somebody ought to shout out amen right there. Say, I'm glad he's 53. And he's going to be 54. Amen. Amen. But in these 53 years, I've found that I can't just get bored with milk. I can't just get bored. We can't get bored with the subject of faith because it's the, it, is the, it is the table manner which, which we, where we eat. It's how we eat. And he's saying here, don't get tired of this. Look at it from another translation. This is just another translation. And it says it this way. As you've therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The just shall live by faith. Real life. Real life is a faith life. It's a life that believes beyond your ability. It's a life that's further than you could go on your own. You know, there's a limit to what you could do. And yet Jesus says it this way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're not limited in the spirit. I told the lady yesterday. I said, you know, Cecil, though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day until the day you go to heaven. Listen to me, moms, dads, and everybody in this room. The outward man may be perishing. At 30, I didn't believe that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But at 53, I have a few more wrinkles than I used to have, and I'm a little slower getting up out of the bed. Anybody want to say amen? amen. Come on. I, I could want to more. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going there. I'm just going to keep believing. Though the outward man does that, the inward man is never rooted and never grounded to complacency. It's never rooted. It's never grounded. What's inside of you will never be smaller than what God said it could be. And if you'll continue to grow in God, no matter where you are, you'll understand that COVID doesn't hold you back. Come on, somebody. Diseases don't hold us back. We keep walking, though the outward man perishes. And though we have to crucify that flesh every day, the Bible says the inward man is renewed. How is it renewed? He said, keep hold of your faith. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to what God said. Listen to me, moms, dads, and everybody in this room. Get your faith and hold on to your faith. Stick by your faith. Stick by what God said. How many know God is for you? And if God be for you, somebody say it. Nothing can be against you. Somebody ought to say amen. Faith changes things. Faith arranges things. Faith transfers things. And we need more faith every day. And as I talk about faith, you have to understand Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. I'm talking about the word of God becoming the digestation of your life, that you take in the word and that it becomes the actions and the speakings and the doings of your life. The just shall live by faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by 
hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Thank God that he gave us, thank you, Lord, for giving us your word. So as we digest the word of God and we, we, we take in the word of God, we can build faith and faith can transform things, change things, fix things, arrange things. And he says, don't give up on your faith. Stay with faith. Continue to do what you know to do. People are, they jump ship on this thing. They somehow, they get disconnected. Listen, there are a lot of things that I love about my pastor. And overall, everybody ought to make choices to choose the right things to believe. We can get mad at anybody. How many know you can get mad at anybody? As much as I love her, there have been times I've been mad at her. Look at her squint at me like, when? No, I mean, we live in worlds where we can be mad at our wives, mad at our, I get mad at my kids. I thought I was going to kill Stephen this morning. He made me so aggravated, I didn't know what to do with him. He was disrespecting his mother, and I, I was about to disrespect him. Somebody ought to say amen. We had asked him last night to do something he was supposed to do. Now, he's hiding now, and he'll be talking to me about this after service. He said, Dad, why can't I tell everybody? Because that's what I do. And he said, he said, uh, I'll make this dinner and I'll do this for you. And so we get up this morning. He's got to make the dinner. We wake him up. He's got to make the dinner. Go make the dinner. He don't want to make the dinner. Now, I'm getting irritated. I'm getting upset about this whole dinner thing because y'all know I want to eat after church. So after he and his mother go at it a little bit, he bought this brand new drone. It was his birthday drone. Like he's gotten into these drones and we have different drones and he wanted a racing drone. So we bought him a racing drone. And so he goes in to disrespect his mother. His mother now takes over the cooking. She gets the recipe. I'll cook it myself. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go break the drone. <laughs> I was going out to get the sledgehammer. I'm telling you right now, I was going to get the sledgehammer. The drone was gone. Amy will tell you, this is the truth. This is not the truth. I said, Jesus, help me. I had to pray, Jesus, will you help me? Have you ever had to pray, Jesus, will you help me over your kids? Come on over your husbands, wives, and all that stuff. You just got to go somewhere, get alone, and say, God, if I don't have your help, I ain't going to make it. That's how I felt this morning. I was so irritated. I mean, I'm going out on the, on the porch with that, with that sledgehammer, and I'm leaving that drone sitting out there dead, broken, and disgusted. I'm just telling you. And, and the Lord helped me. Thank God he helped me. I didn't break his drone. And do you know a few minutes later, he went in there and started helping his mom a little bit cook that dinner. Boy, I'm glad I didn't break that drone. Amen. We get angry, we get irritated, we get frustrated. There's just things that happen on this earth, and, and it happens with anybody. It'll happen with your pastor, it'll happen with people who mentor your life. It'll happen, you'll have moments when you'll have frustrations that come on your life, and that you don't agree, but you can't give up your message over the menial things. You can't give up your faith and what God wants to do in your life over the inconsistencies that we have as human beings. Every person, pastors included, are not perfect. I grew up in a pastor's home. You know, it's kind of funny. My kids are kind of, they, 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 they think it's kind of fun to watch when I bring, they bring friends over. And it happens, you know, bring friends over. They know I'm a pastor. Maybe I go out to the football field. They know I'm a pastor. And before I'm walking up, they got thud music on, and they're screaming out there, and there's all kind of cuss words. And Pastor Steve drives up, opens his doors, and they change the channel. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? And so this happens all the time. And, and my, my kids are like, well, I don't understand why they're so nervous around you, why they respect you that way. Well, number one, God puts it in our heart to do that. 
And your, your kids don't see it that way. They see it a little bit differently. And so, so, so they are able to kind of walk through the, the normal lifestyle things that go on with their pastor dad. And they're able to come to dad when they have needs and they need prayer and they need to work on something they're believing God for. And they can come to dad and say, can you help me? And divide between what they don't like about dad. I mean, no, when you whip your son, he don't like you. Come on, somebody. And they're able to divide that moment from this other part. And I would say to you in the church that, that, that you put your feelings away, that you put away your irritations about things, and decide what is the message you want to hear. What's the most important thing? The most important thing that I get from Pastor Reggie, my pastor, is the relationship I have with him in the Word. Not everything. We don't see it all alike. We don't agree. I found out when I was 20, I don't see it like I do at 53. I mean, no, can anybody in here that's a little bit older, if you just be willing to raise your hand, no, we don't want to act like we're old, but 53, I just going to, how many know you looked at things different at 20? You see it different, don't you? It mattered to you at 20. When you get 53, some of them things just don't matter. It ain't worth fighting about. That's not what we need to fight about. I don't know how I got off on this. I just want you to know, it's, I mean, stay with faith. Stay with faith. I've seen people in the church, they make decisions about their worship. They make decisions over things that are unimportant. In reality, the most important thing that we have is the faith that we build. What I'm going to get from God comes from the faith that I have. It comes from what someone deposits inside of me related to what God is, not what they are. Somebody ought to say Amen. And you want to find someone that will teach you faith and believe with you and have wisdom. Make good decisions. Don't be shallow. You need those things in your life. And God gives them to us. You need to know your way around faith. How does it work? Faith, this is the basis of our belief. The basis of our belief. Listen to me. This may sound simple, and it may sound just as simple as it can be, but listen to me. God is good. All the time, and all the time, God is good. Come on. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. As simple as that is, that is one of the most profound statements a pastor could make in your life, is to say that in your life, to say to you, when, every, when, when God is around, it's good. When God is working, it's good. When God is not involved, it's, and it's bad, and it's not God, it's the devil. You need to know this because your enemy is the devil. God is not your enemy. God is your friend. He's the one who's with you. He's the one who's protecting you. He's the one who's over you. He's the one who defines your future because when we get in faith in his word, then he's involved in our lives. Somebody shout out amen. Being established in the word. In the Word of God, the right way. It's unfortunate when I was growing up, they didn't tell me God was good and the devil was bad. I mean, this is as simple as a term. You just think about that when you read the Scriptures. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. When we begin to discuss a God that's good all the time, and all the time God is good, and you see how good He was, how He went about doing good. Jesus went about doing good, healing all those that were sick, and oppressed of the devil. God is good. See, I grew up that they taught us differently. 
that God would allow and do bad things and hurt you and, and do all these things. And I was confused. I was always confused. But we need to stay on the faith side. Stay on the God side. I don't know what happened to Aunt Jane. I don't know what happened to Uncle Sam. I don't know what happened with my situation. Maybe somewhere I missed it. Somewhere I was off. But I know this. I'm not challenging the word of God. If the Bible says, by his stripes, I am healed, then I need to know about faith. I need to understand that and continue to believe until my last breath. And I know this, even in my last breath, my next first breath will be in a place where there's no more sickness, no more death, no more disease, no more discouragement. Come on. I'm believing all the way. Amen. I'm staying with it all the way. Stay connected to your faith. Stay connected. Trust in the Lord. He'll take care of you. He'll bless you. And your last breath is your first breath in eternal life where Jesus is the light. Somebody ought to shout out amen. amen. See, I just, somebody said, do you believe God heals all the time? I do. Every single time. I didn't say you'd see it here. What do you mean by that, Pastor Steve? Not everybody gets it here. Are you sure? Yeah, I pray for many that didn't get it. Here. I'm not saying that Jesus had not provided it for them. I'm not saying that it was not already given on the cross. That it did not already exist for us to have. I don't know why they didn't get it. But God is good. I wish somebody shout out Amen. We must believe in concert with his word. We don't get over there and start making excuses and trying to justify where somebody was sick. Well, God wanted another angel. He's God as many as he needs. He doesn't take your son so he could have another angel. They may have said that at a funeral that you've attended. It might have been a family member. No, God loves your family. He's looking for saints to come home. The Bible says it's blessed when a saint comes home. Come on. He's not making angels and plants in his garden. I wish somebody in it. Y'all, listen, there's enough of y'all to make a little more noise than that. Somebody shout out, amen. amen. Come on, shout it out a little bit louder, amen. amen. I know what it is. It's all those masks. Being established in his word. What does his word say? Living by the word, trusting the word of God. His way is his will. He gave us his word, which is his will. And we need to establish our faith there's not something new coming. We don't have to look for new revelations that are beyond where we already are. I'm not saying there aren't things that God wants to reveal to us. But the word of God doesn't need us to manipulate it. Amen. We take the word of God and we read it and we absorb that word and it becomes life to us. And that life, the, the just shall live by faith. How does faith come? By knowing the word, by hearing the word on these subject matters. When I absorb the word of God and his will is absorbed into me, then my life begins to reflect his will. His will. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Build on a firm foundation. The principles of God work when we work the principles of God. Hebrews 2.1 says this. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we heard. We ought to give them more earnest heed to the things which we heard, lest at any time they will slip away from us. Y'all are leaky. 
I don't want you to point. Normally, I'd have you point at somebody, raise your hand, wave, or do something. Point at yourself and say, I'm leaky. You're leaky. You have to stay where faith can be built in you and constantly embedded inside of you. You have to stay where someone will continue to embed the word because you leak. It leaks. And if you get under the wrong kind of teaching, you get under the wrong kind. And we're in an environment that allows for that. Most of us are watching multiple programs all over the country with different preachers. But we need to be careful. And we need to be sensitive to understand that we live by faith. Don't let your faith get contaminated with somebody's excitement. People say some of the dumbest stuff. Sometimes I want to jump onto that site with them and say, wait a minute, that's dumb. I read it all the time. I read stuff and I read how they tell God's doing this and God's doing that and God's going to do the other. And it doesn't even line up with the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, God didn't say it. Somebody ought to shout out amen right there. If it's just your feelings and your emotions, that's not enough. If it's your experiences, you can't build doctrines on experiences. There are things that happen in our lives we can't explain. I've had things that I've experienced in my life that I would never build a doctrine on. But it happened to me at a moment. God, in some way, revealed something to me. But I'm not going to stand up and make that a doctrine. It was a moment for me I may not understand. Stick with the word. Stick with the word. Be sensitive. People get on there and they preach out their emotions and preach out all kinds of stuff. Stick with the word. What am I saying? The just shall live by faith. Build on a firm foundation. Listen, this is from the Passion Translation. This is what it says. It says, this is why it's so crucial. I like that word. I really like that word. This is why it's so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we have heard so that we don't drift off course. We need to stay on course. During this time, I don't think there's a better way to describe faith and what I want to say to the church today. My last message before vacation was that we needed to get into the Word. And I said that because I know that the, 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 that the Word of God is the stable foundation that never changes. I mean, the world we live in is not stable. People's thoughts are not stable. The way they see events and involve themselves, it's not stable. What we used to believe and don't believe anymore, or what we used to talk about and don't talk about anymore, what we used to be willing to address, we won't address anymore because the world is unstable, but God's word is stable. And we stick with God's word. When you make decisions, revel it against the word. Put it against the word of God. What did God say? Then follow what God says. Somebody shout out amen right there. He says here, it is important, crucial, that we don't drift. In other words, how is it crucial? What is he saying to us? You and I need to be doers of the word. You see, we're, we, we become hearers to the point that we're all siphoning it in some way through some glasses or something that we have. And we become hearers, but we're not doers of the word. You've got to be a doer. That's the problem with what I teach. It's tough when I teach this message. When I talk about God is good all the time and I lay, upon, uh, I, I lay out the word of God in relation to what we have to do. I lay it out that we have to speak and we have to say and we have to do the things that are in the word of God. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only. 
that the responsibility then becomes yours. See, a lot of religion likes to put the responsibility on God or likes to put the responsibility on the devil. That it's either God or the devil, and you're just some piece floating around in time that is being subjected to whatever the God that you serve wants to do to you or whatever the devil wants to do, and that's it. All of that's untrue. Faith tells me I have the right to take possession and authority of my life according to his word. It's crucial that you know his word. It's crucial because you can't just float off and take away your responsibility and what you have to do, in other words, the, dis- the, the, the discipline that we as believers must have. You know, if you don't pray, you don't grow. Nobody's shouting. But see, I can tell you God just does, God just does, God just does, God just does, God's doing, doing, doing. But yet the Bible says the fervent effectual prayers. If you don't pray as a believer, you're going to be limited in your power. If you, re- if you don't read the word, you don't study the word and walk out the word, then you can expect that your life is going to be empty of what the word has in it. And my phone is beeping or this is talking to me. Is it coming through the monitors? Somebody's on a phone. Y'all hear that? Well, praise the Lord. The passion translation. It's crucial. It's crucial. Listen, listen. It's crucial that you commit yourself to a faith-building place that preaches a word that requires you to change. He said from glory to glory, he changes us. If your life remains the same, then someone, including yourself, must stir you to change. You have to come to a place where somebody knocks against you. And the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. There are things that you need sharpened in you. There are things that you need that somebody may not do it like you do. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. The word requires you do the word. Be a doer. Leave no room for excuses. A faith life is a life of endurance. It's not a one-day experience and I have excitement this week and next week I don't. There are times that I have gone through my Christian experience, even as a pastor of this church, when months went by and I continued to do the Word of God despite what was going on around me. You know, I'll say this with this COVID-19. It has been, in all sincerity, and I will believe this for all pastors, the hardest, whatever months it is, was this four or five months now, of ministry I've ever had in my life. To walk into your building, which you had full, and at times there were, you know, <clears throat> you know every seat full. I mean, just, just and, and to walk in and know 60% of the congregation won't come back to church right now and doesn't feel led to come back to church right now, and you're only preaching to 40% of the people in two services when you used to have one. When you want your youth group opened up and you want the kids in here because you know they've got nothing to do and nowhere to go, but you can't open your youth because it's a risk. 
children's ministry. We're online for our 13th or 14th week, giving it up every single week, producing this, this stuff, making sure that children are able to watch children's ministry. Our entire children's ministry is online, and you can go watch all 13 episodes or 14, including today. We've already, how many? My wife says 17. It feels like I just started again. It feels like I just got started in the ministry again that I'm back for the first time. You know, and, and, and I'm used to people shouting towards me when I preach. And now all I hear is masks. I'm having to pull it up, pull it up out of the inside and say, Lord, you called me to preach this gospel. And no matter what the devil does, God is for me. And if God be for me, what does it matter who's against me? I'm not worried about the money. I'm not worried about the people. I'm not worried about the buildings. I'm not worried. Because I know if God be for me, you just keep going. You just endure. You stand. Haven't done all. Somebody ought to shout out, stand. Stand. You keep building even though people think you're crazy for building. We remodel when nobody would have remodeled. We're working when nobody's working. Because he said this is the work of the ministry. When the doors are open, when this thing is over, I thank God that the endurance that we've had, the discipline that we've had, the commitment we've had in our music, the commitment we've had with our children, the commitment we've had with what we've done, that God will honor that level of commitment and he will bless us beyond our wildest imagination. Because I do believe with all that is within me that a revival of God is coming. The power of God is coming in a way we've never seen before. And what we had hard times believing, we'll finally be able to see and we'll be able to say, the Lord is good. I don't walk in the down times as if I'm down. I lift up my head and I put on a smile anyway. And I say, God, you're for me. Keep the faith. Don't stop reading. Don't stop praying. Keep believing. Believe for financial prosperity. When this thing opens up and they open up all the jobs again, the job you couldn't get will be available. I tell you, people have walked off. They're not coming back. But somebody in faith buttoned their coat up, pulled up their shoes, put on their pants, and said, God, you're about to open doors nobody could have opened. God, you're about to place me in positions nobody could have placed me in. God, you're about to subject me to brand new stuff. My story's changing. My story is changing. My vision's brighter. My days are great. So I wish somebody shout out right here. Because if all you want to do is stand still, then you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't believe that Family Worship Center is going backward. I believe Family Worship Center is going forward, and it's going forward more than I could have ever imagined. I'm standing in faith. I believe that the future is brighter. I believe my future, I believe your future is brighter. God makes you managers and God makes you decision makers and God elevates you and lifts you up and brings you up. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Constant discipline life. That's why it gets stuck because we want the easy road. We want somebody to preach in a way that allows us to live like hell 
and go to heaven. And I mean that in the way that God wants you blessed. I'm not just talking about the way you are as a person. I'm talking about how, how your house is blessed. How your finances are blessed. Come on, somebody. I'm not just living in the make-do. I'm living in the make-sure. I'm making sure. I'm making sure. My direction's straight. Somebody ought to say amen. A constant and disciplined life. It's reminded of the men who built the houses. And the two men built the houses. One was destroyed because he didn't follow the plan. The other was not. We need to follow the plan. Faith life. The Passion Translation says critical. In the times we live in, what we're in now, it's critical. People, it's critical that you hold on to your faith. It's critical, those of you that are watching me, that you don't allow yourself to mimic the world. That you don't allow yourself to become a soft Christian. That you don't come to the point where you say, well, church really doesn't matter. You see, then you've missed the faith. Jesus said, through the apostle, he said this in Hebrews. He said, forsake not the assemblings of of yourselves together as the manner of some. Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to your faith. See, some of the, I look around and I see much of the crowd today is a little bit older. A little more aged. Not all, but a few. And I, I look at these men and women who've already been through some stuff. They already went through some depression. They already went through some poor times. They already went through some some stuff that would have crushed most people, but Jesus kept them, and he helped them, and he kept them, and he protected them, and he kept their minds straight, and he watched over them. And now when they're standing in the middle of COVID, and they're walking in the house of God, it's because the God that kept them from the bear, and the God that kept them from the lion, is the same God that will keep them from the disease, and they're going to walk their faith out, because they saw God do it before, and they believe God will do it again. Come on, somebody. God will do it again and again and again and again. Somebody ought to shout out amen right there. See, somebody's shouting now. Some of y'all already been there. Some of y'all already lost family members and said, God, help me in the midst of this. Some of y'all didn't know how you'd make your next day. And you saw how God somehow floated in on a, oh, and just took you to another place, held it all together, fixed what couldn't be fixed, did what could not be done. And it just makes you want to shout. It just makes you want to scream, thank God. Come on, somebody praise him a little bit. Would you praise him? If you've been through something, come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. See? See, I'll tell you what, it just starts rumbling up out of the inside. It's hard to explain. When I walk through situations and, and I only know God could have brought me out, it just starts rolling. I'm just, it just starts rolling up out of the inside. God, you kept me when I was sitting at the end of the bed and only you could have held me together when I thought I'd lose it all. But God, you came in and swept in by the wind of the Spirit. And you breathed on me and breathed life back into my my hurting soul. Oh, I know you're with me. When they told me it was bad, when things weren't going to work out, when they told me this was a terrible situation, and when we got there, you turned the whole thing around, and the x-ray changed, and oh, hallelujah. You ought to believe God. 
Instead of doubting God, believe God. I was standing out here on this field. We've remodeled out here, and we've, they'll be done with it this week, and we'll have a finished field. The concrete people are coming and pour the driveways, and I'm just excited. They're finally getting the road done. That's been three years of when is it going to get done. We can start beautifying the property again, and I didn't want to repave the parking lot with the mud everywhere. Amen. And I was standing out here with a guy, and he was talking to me about faith. And was sort of challenging me on faith. And we're out here, we're just talking. And he starts talking about money and getting money and somewhere believing money or whatever. And I gave that man the word of God. I told him, here's what the word says. And I spread the word out in front of him because the Bible says his word won't return void. I spread the word out and said, the Bible says that he'll give us the desires of our heart. And maybe there's a desire that you have. And I talked about he'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I told him, you ought to work your faith. What's your faith? He said, I'm going to believe God for $5. And I tell you, I tell you, as we're walking out there, $5 blew up off the street and flew up at his feet and hit him on his shoes. Hit him on his shoes. Don't you tell me God don't do the impossible. You can't pray for $5 and make $5 appear. But God knows where $5 sits He knows where you're walking. He knows how to walk you by the $5. And when you say what you're supposed to say, he can show you just who. Don't you tell me. Get your faith together. Get your faith together. Start believing God. Start standing for the impossible. Stretch yourself beyond where you are. Come on, believe him when you have nothing else to believe for. Believe him. Somebody ought to say amen. As I began to think about Romans 10, 17, it says his faith comes by hearing the word and the word of God. It says faith cometh, comes to us. The realities of faith come to us by hearing the word. And we need to learn it and live by it. You see, because when we get the word of God, faith comes by the word. Jesus was the word. Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld him. We saw his hands. We saw his feet. So living by faith means this. It it means living in relationship with Jesus. I wish somebody would get what I'm talking about. See, people say, I want to live like Jesus, but you got to get the word out to live like Jesus. His hands, his feet, his mouth, his mind was in this word. He was the word, and the word came to live with us. So it is building a relationship with Jesus when we get into his word. When we receive faith, when we get faith, we're in relationship with Jesus. That means that we're living by Jesus, the word. Set that out. I'm living by Jesus, the word. You see, he comes with his word. I'm not sure anybody got that. He and his word are the same. We get the word by hearing. When we live with Jesus, we live in relationship, and we're living by Jesus the word when we live by faith. In other words, if I want his hands in my life, I have to have his word and faith in my life. I wish somebody would get what I'm talking about. If I want his feet in my life, 
I have to have his word in my life and faith in my life. You see, Jesus comes with his word. Oh, I wish somebody would get what I'm talking about. Jesus comes with his word. If you want anointing from Jesus, it comes from his word. If you want power from Jesus, it comes from, because he and his word are the same. In other words, to have faith means I can have faith for his power. I can bring his power because I bring him. To have faith for, see, do, do you see it? I bring him with his word. Faith comes and it comes by hearing and faith comes with that hearing. 1 Timothy 1.19, holding faith and good conscience with some having put away concerning faith made shipwreck. Some have lost their faith. They've let faith go. What does the word shipwreck mean? It means devastated. When we don't hold faith, when we don't have Jesus in our lives in the form of faith, we're not living by faith, then our finances will be devastated. Our health will be devastated. Relationships will be devastated or end in devastation. It'll be shipwrecked. That's why he says here, hold on to your faith. Hold your faith with good conscience. Which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Don't shipwreck your faith. What else does it mean? Irreconcilable loss. When we don't hold on to our faith, we suffer irreconcilable loss. Folks, get connected with your faith. Listen, learn, study, prepare. Get materials to build your faith. Read the Word of God. Keep faith living in your life. A great preacher said this, this word. He said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe the Word of God. If you believe, it will work, and if you don't, it won't. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. With God, we master our impossibilities. Amen. I want you to believe with me for more in your life. I want you to stand and believe God for greater things. 